0: Hello, and welcome to the Oikos Family Podcast. I'm so glad you could join me. This podcast, I'm going to share with you um, a story that our son, James, narrated. In fact, he narrated a book called Stories Worth Rereading, 72 Heart-Touching Stories. And it is available, you know, on all the various audiobook platforms, as well as it's available through the Oikos site as an ebook or a physical book. But what I thought is to share the stories with you here on these podcasts because they're short stories and, you know, ranging anything from a few minutes to 30 minutes. So, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to share one of those stories with you for you to listen to, and perhaps your children can listen to it. And I just hope that it will be an encouragement to you. I hope that you'll be able to take something from the story that will be good, something good for you today. That's what I hope. I have been very aware of how much is going on around us that just doesn't feel good, doesn't seem good, doesn't sound good. So I just hope that these stories will bring some good to you. That's the idea. That's the hope. So let me not go on and let me just leave you to listen to the story narrated by James.
1: Muriel's Bright Idea My friend Muriel is the youngest daughter in a large family of busy people. They are in moderate circumstances and the original breadwinner has been long gone. So in order to enjoy many of the comforts and a few of the luxuries of life the young people have to be wage earners. I'm not sure that they would enjoy life any better than they do now if such were not the case, though there are doubtless times when they would like to be less busy. Still, even this condition has its compensations. Other people do not know how lovely vacations are, was the way Esther expressed it as she sat one day on the side porch, hands folded lightly in her lap and an air of delicious idleness about her entire person. It was her week of absolute leisure, which she had earned by a season of hard work. She is a public school teacher, belonging to a section and grade where they work their teachers 14 hours of the 24. Alice is a music teacher, and goes all day from house to house in town, and from school to school, with her music roll in hand. Ben, a young brother, is studying medicine in a doctor's office, also in town, and serving the doctor between times to pay for his opportunities. There are two others, an older brother just started in business for himself, and a sister in a training school for nurses. So it was that this large family scattered each morning to their duties in the city ten miles away, and gathered at night, like chickens, to the home nest which was mothered by the dearest little woman, who gave much of her time and strength to the preparation of favourite dishes with which to greet the wage-earners as they gathered at night around the home table. It is a very happy family, but it was not about any of them that I set out to tell you. In truth, it was Muriel's apron that I wanted to talk about, but it seemed necessary to describe the family in order to secure full appreciation of the apron. Muriel, I should tell you, is still a high school girl, hoping to be graduated next year, though at times a little anxious, lest she may not pass, and with ambitions to enter college as soon as possible. The entire family have ambitions for Muriel, and I believe that she will get to college in another year. But about her apron. I saw it first one morning when I crossed the street to my neighbor's side door that opens directly into the large living room and met Muriel in the doorway, as pretty a picture as a fair-haired, bright-eyed girl of seventeen can make. She was in what she called her uniform, a short dress made of dark print, cut lower in the neck than a street dress. It had elbow sleeves, and a bit of white braid stitched on their bands, and around the square neck set off the little costume charmingly. Her apron was of strong dark green denim, wide enough to cover her dress completely, It had a bib waist held in place by shoulder straps, and the garment fastened behind with a single button, making it adjustable in a second. But its distinctive feature was a row of pockets, or rather several rows of them, extending across the front breadth. They were of varying sizes, and all bulged out as if well filled. What in the world? I began, and stared at the pockets. Muriel's merry laugh rang out. "'Haven't you seen my pockets before?' she asked. "'They astonish you, of course. Everybody laughs at them. But I am proud of them. They are my own invention. You see, we are such a busy family all day long, and so tired when we get home at night, that we have a bad habit of dropping things just where they happen to land, and leaving them. By the last of the week, this big living room is a sight to behold.' It used to take half my morning to pick up the thousand and one little things that did not belong here and carry them to their places. You do not know how many journeys I had to make, because I was always overlooking something. So I invented this apron with a pocket in it for every member of the family, and it works like a charm. Look at this big one with a B on it. That is for Ben, of course, and it is always full. Ben is a great boy to leave his pencils and his handkerchiefs and everything else about. Last night he even discarded his necktie because it felt choky. This pocket is Esther's. She leaves her letters and her discarded handkerchiefs as well as her gloves. And Kate sheds hair ribbons and hatpins wherever she goes. Just think how lovely it is to have a pocket for each and drop things in as fast as I find them. When I am all through dusting, I have simply to travel once around the house and unpack my load. I cannot tell you how much time and trouble and temper my invention has saved me. It is a bright idea, I said, and I mean to pass it on. There are other living rooms and busy girls. Whose is that largest pocket marked M? Why, I made it for mother, but do you know... I have found out just in this very way that mothers do not leave things lying around. It is queer, isn't it, when they have so many cares? It seems to be natural for mothers to think about other people. So I made the M stand for miscellaneous, and I put into that pocket articles which will not classify, and that belong to all of us. There are hosts of things for which no particular one seems to be responsible. Is it not a pity that I did not think of pockets last winter, when we all had special cares and were so dreadfully busy? It is such a simple idea you would have supposed that any person would have thought of it. But it took me two years. I just had to do it this spring, because there simply was not time to run up and down stairs so much. You have proved once more the truth of the old proverb. Necessity is the mother of invention, I said. And besides, you have given me a new idea. I am going home to work it out. When it is finished, I will show you. Then I went home and made rows and rows of strong pockets to sew on a folding screen I was making for my workroom. Written by Pansy in Christian Endeavour World By permission of Lothrop, Lee and Shepard Company
0: I do hope that you are able to gain something good from that story. And just a reminder that if you do want more of these stories as I mentioned before, they are available through a physical book and an ebook and an audiobook, all 72 stories. So again, thank you for listening. I hope you got something good from this, and I also hope that you have a very very good week, and I hope you enjoyed the next podcast that we will be bringing your way. Until then, thank you so much and be blessed.